Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. How do you imagine a lighthouse keeper's job? Probably like an introvert's paradise. You're alone on a rock in the middle of the sea, looking out at the raging waves and keeping the light on. But lack of people around you has its downside too. No one will know if something happens to you. And that was exactly the case with the keepers of the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. It was a fine and calm day on December 15, 1900. In such weather conditions, lighthouses aren't crucial for the safety of passing ships. But still, it was unusual for the arch tour a steamer passing by the Flannan Isles on its way from Philadelphia, to notice that the lighthouse on Eileen Moore was not operational. The ship's captain noted it in his log and left it at that. So it was only three days later, when the arch tour arrived to the port of Leith, that this strangeness was reported. A ship was immediately rigged with a relief lighthouse keeper, Joseph Moore, to be delivered to Eileen Moore but the weather had been bad since the day before, and it couldn't set sail for more than a week. Finally, on December 26th, two things happened. Hesperus, that was the name of the relief boat, arrived at the lighthouse, and it became obvious that it had been abandoned all this time. The lighthouse had been manned by three people, James Duckett and Thomas Marshall, the regular keepers, and Donald MacArthur, the occasional who was then substituting for another keeper on sick leave. There was a fourth, too, a rotating man who was on shore at the time. The Hesperus's crew, however, was met with dead silence. It seemed that none of the keepers were present. Otherwise, at least one of them would have been waiting for the ship on the dock. That was an alarming sign, but not the only one. Upon arrival, James Harvey, captain of the ship, also noticed that there was no signal flag on the flagstaff to welcome the relief boat, and all the supply crates had been left on the landing while they should have been inside. Harvey blew the ship's whistle. No reaction. A flare was fired in the air, but that had no effect either. The sense of unease grew on the Hesperus, and Moore decided to deploy a boat and go on shore alone to investigate. It was ominously quiet on the island. The lighthouse stood dark and lifeless, only seagulls keeping it company. Moore went on to explore the territory and the building itself, and what he found unsettled him even further. There was no sign of the keepers, not even a trace left. Both the main gate and the entrance door to the lighthouse were closed, the beds were unmade, and most eerily, all the clocks stopped. That meant that the men were absent for more than a week. 
pensive and alarmed. Moore returned to the ship and took three volunteers back to the shore for further investigation. Inside the lighthouse, they saw other signs that the keepers went out in a hurry. There was an overturned chair near the dinner table, and two of the three protective oilskin coats were missing. A third was still on the hook, which was strange. The weather during the past week was terrible. So why would one of the men leave the building without protection? And in any case, the rules dictated that there should always be at least one keeper on the post, tending to the lighthouse. For all three of them to leave at once, something bad must have happened. When the men returned to the Hesperus, Captain Harvey used the telegraph to send a note to the Northern Lighthouse Board. It said that a dreadful accident had happened at the Flannans, and that all the keepers had disappeared. His guess was that poor souls had been swept away by the raging sea, or had fallen from a cliff. Harvey requested an official investigation to be conducted, and on December 29th, Robert Muirhead, a Northern Lighthouse Board superintendent, arrived to do just that. And here's where the weirdest things started to come up. Muirhead found the lighthouse logbook that the men kept until their disappearance, that is, about dinner time of December 15th. On December 12th, Thomas Marshall wrote that there were severe winds, the likes of which he had never seen in 20 years. Also, the two other men began acting in a highly unusual way. Duckett, according to the logbook, was very quiet, and MacArthur was crying. Highly unusual in this regard was a huge understatement, though. All three of the keepers were tough, hardened men, and MacArthur was a veteran mariner. It was simply impossible that he could have been crying because of the storm, no matter how bad it was. The entry from December 13th said that the winds were still howling, and the sea was even more violent than the day before. The log implied that the three men were terrified, which was, again, very strange, since they were experienced keepers and knew they were safe inside the lighthouse. The elements could do nothing against a sturdy stone structure built specifically to withstand rough conditions. But perhaps the most unsettling of this all was the fact that there were no storms on the 12th, 13th, or 14th of December in the area. The log said, however, that the skies finally cleared only on the morning of December 15th. And that was the last entry. The keepers went missing on the evening of the same day. There are so many inconsistencies in this whole story that it remains a mystery to this day. Not only did official investigation not find any clear evidence of what had happened in the Eileen Moore lighthouse, but it also made the situation even more perplexing. As soon as the news reached the mainland, wild theories from all corners of the UK started popping to the surface. Not the least popular of those was that the men had gone insane which was not out of the question, considering the logbook entries. Nobody in the area confirmed any storms, so it was either the log had been made up, or the bad weather region had been incredibly localized. And since the keepers had been behaving in a very strange way before disappearance, it seemed quite plausible that they could have gone crazy and maybe jumped off the island into the sea. Other theories were much less credible, and speculated on anything and everything, from supernatural activity to secret government operations, 
Although why the government would be interested in eliminating three lighthouse keepers at the end of the world remained unclear. Still, there was also the official version of the events, and it made at least some sense. You see, the western landing of the lighthouse premises was severely damaged by recent storms. Iron railings were bent, the iron railway beside the path was torn out of concrete, and turf had been ripped away from the top of a cliff that stood 200 feet tall. This evidence showed that the waves and the wind had been particularly savage. And there lay the explanation to the mysterious vanishing of the keepers. On the 15th of December, two of the men must have gone out into the storm to secure the box on the western landing which contained mooring ropes. They had been out for some time when the third one, left inside as the rules required, noticed an abnormally large wave coming down on the island and fast. He reasoned there was no time to waste, leapt to his feet, overturning the chair he had been sitting on, and rushed off to warn the other two of the imminent danger. He was in a big hurry, so he didn't stop to grab his oilskin coat on the way out. But apparently, he was late. When he reached his fellow keepers, the wave had already come to the island, and as they were all dangerously close to the ledge, it swept them from the landing. Seems a plausible enough theory but there are a couple of gaps in it. First, it doesn't explain where the storm even came from. The keepers disappeared in the evening of December 15th, and by all accounts, the weather that day was fine and the sea was calm. Even the keepers' own logbook confirmed that. So how would a huge wave appear on that day without any warning? And secondly, again according to the entries in the lighthouse logbook, the damage to the western landing had been done before the men's disappearance. So they had witnessed the mayhem, but had not, in fact, gone out into it. Since 1900, many more theories had been born, including freak waves washing away one of the men and the others being swept away while helping him. Also, some theorized that a big wave might have entered a narrow gully by the western landing and burst back with force pushing the men who were trying to secure their equipment over the edge. In this theory, the third keeper was also running to help his colleagues, but suffered the same fate as them. But whatever hypotheses, credible or nonsensical, were given, none of them have given us any clue as to what really happened to the three bold men from Eileen Moore. Who knows? Maybe someday holds the answers. <laughs>